Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast. The show where we look at movies we love, break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. This is part two of our Friday night double feature. Uh, Bubbles in love. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> I'm joined as always by my friend and co-host, uh, him of beautiful tale fame. Alex Dandino. I don't know. That's my best Polish accent. <laughs> Dandino. Yeah, I'm not good at Polish accents. <laughs> all right. So, guys, if you're joining us, hopefully you enjoyed part one, Humanoids of the Deep. Hopefully you all took a minute to shower yourself, uh, clean the clean the muck off <laughs> before we dive into our next film. Uh, we are doing The Lure. You can find this film on Filmstruck. That's where we watched it. Yep. This is, this is a... Uh, a fairy tale musical horror uh, mermaid extravaganza. Let me start by saying this is the kind of movie. Whenever I find it, it it's like a unicorn almost. You're like I am just so thankful that something like this exists in our world. <laughs> yeah, this movie is like actively insane. It's great. Like I really enjoyed this movie. It is actively insane though. Like I am, I right. I guess what I should have said is like a mermaid, right? Like yeah. this is one of those you're like, how did this become a thing? Yeah. Who had the passion and vision to see this thing through? Yeah. Who... Something I notice about this movie right away, like it's it's hard to because it is this kind of dark brothers grim tale, right? But right. infused with just this unbelievably weird series of music videos and song numbers. Um they almost derail the narrative at times, but but what you find, what I think the most important thing about the lure is, right? Besides the fact that you just you rarely get to see, especially in American movies, man, you rarely get to see something so fucking strange that embraces totally what it is, right? right. It's not trying to appease anyone. This is one of those movies no. that is just we're already so far out, there's no reason to throw you a life preserver. Right. Like you're just going to have to go into the deep with us. Yeah, no, this is and, like and what you find is it, it, it has this. I don't know if you felt this, but I was like, this movie just has so much fucking vibrance and energy and life blood that it, it just has this kind of power that exudes through the screen more than most movies you see. I mean, to me, this movie commits so quickly to its premise that there's no way you have any chance. Like if you're watching the movie, much like a mermaid siren song, as soon as you start watching this movie, you are committed. There's no way you're going to get out of this. Like you are, you are going to the salty depths with the mermaids and watching the rest of this movie. Cause <laughs> what, what starts first off, just the opening and just the opening credits themselves, which are animated, like a Hans Christian Anderson thing. Like it's mm -hmm. so interesting the way they lure you in <laughs> and then and the, you're on fire and the movie starts the movie starts in this really uh, bizarre, like it starts with the, this campfire thing, and yeah. it's just it's fascinating. Like it starts there, and then immediately you start it goes to like a cabaret, and you're like, "Holy shit, what is happening in this movie? And why are they now like?" It's so bizarre that you have to just maintain chorus. There's no way you're going to be able to watch this movie and not like commit to the entire entirety of the film. If you don't, you're missing something. Absolutely. 
And if you can't, yeah, it's it's the yeah. weird thing as you watch the characters on screen try to constantly normalize and crush the magic of the moment. Yeah, you are never able to do that. It's no. not. It's it, it's kind of it starts off. Yeah, there's this band kind of playing by a, a body of water, and a mermaid pops her head out and watches, and seemingly becomes infatuated again. Like this, what you said, it's a reverse siren song. Yeah, she is attached somehow to this guy. Her friend pops up. And it's like a white hat, black hat setup, right? Right. She seems less interested, but then they begin to sing uh, to the people on the shore. And their song is, help us come ashore. We won't eat you, eat you, eat you, eat you. And as soon as you say something in like Beetlejuice levels, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not helping you. You're definitely going to eat me. <laughs> like, no way. You just said eat me four times. Something is on your mind. Yeah. You're that definitely hungry. infer that. Yes. I can infer that you have probably made this deal and broken it with someone else. But so you do that right away. And then the men are like, yeah, of course, we'll help you come ashore. Cut to the woman who just goes, ah, smash cut to Polish smash mouth performing on stage <laughs> in the, smash mouth. yeah, the creepiest all time uh, bar that I could imagine. Yeah. This seemingly has all the worst of like a moose lodge. With a strip club, with a restaurant that definitely doesn't have enough health inspectors. Yeah, it's such a strange... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm never fully... In the movie, I was never fully understanding what the place was. I'm like, is this a restaurant, or a strip club, or just a bar, or... It's everything. It's just it's all, all those, those things combined into one. It's just the place. That's all. Yeah, it, it, it's like, where do you want to go to be debaucherous? Like, your life is sad. Yeah. Why don't you go hang out? Misery loves company. That's our banner. Get your ass in here. <laughs> we'll all sync together. So, yeah, so we see we're introduced to Polish Smash Mouth. They're the band on the side of the, the lake, right? Right. We cut back, and the owner's kind of walking through his own establishment. What the fuck's that smell? Like, he can just smell something's off. But no other character reacts to that. So this lets you know immediately that's a good little script uh, hint yeah. at the fucking kind of shit that goes on in this place. He walks through the kitchen and there's just some busty lady named Miss Rockets dancing. Yeah. She's like, we're cooking in here. You're like, what is happening? <laughs> we get to the back. He opens up the door and he sees the mermaids and we see them now. Now they have a uh, human form, right? So right. the band comes back and he's like, you can't have these kids in here. We have a liquor license. They're underage. And they're kind of like, don't worry, we'll make this worth your while. And they go into what becomes the creepiest, uh, no holes peep show yeah it's it's vile right it's and then, so weird yeah they're just like bend over there's no holes on anyone but he's kind of like just smoking a cigarette he has a flask like this happens to me four times a week auditioning talent yeah there's like <laughs> unfazed right, seemingly unfazed then, by the fact that these are not human people unfazed right or that something's wrong with them at least and <laughs> this kind of gets to one of the cruxes of the movie to me right because then we pour water on on the girls, and we find out that if you get them a little bit wet, their lower halves turn back into the mermaid. And this isn't like Ariel and Beauty and the Beast, or I mean uh, Little Mermaid or whatnot. These are like actual disgusting aquatic fish lower bodies. Like they seem very yeah. functional and no. designed for something that is not just titillation. Yeah, this isn't just like, this is not the Little Mermaid. This is literally like the lower half of their body is, uh, you know, it's like a sardine. Like, there's just no... Right. Yeah. But what's the lo first thing they talk about? Oh, here's their vagina Here's slit. their vagina And they're trying to yeah, put what their the fingers hell? in it and shit. 
And this, to me, is the crux of the movie, right? Man's ability to be confronted with something. This is the thing. If you found a mermaid, right? This rocks every kind of norm and thought that we all build our lives on. This makes you question God. This lets you know there's magic out there. There's something uh, different and bigger, magical, special, the mysteries of the universe. And I think it's so fascinating and kind of sadly true that what's the first thing these guys are thinking about? How do we make money on it and how do we fuck it? <laughs> like, how do we fuck the mystery out of the universe? You know what I yeah, mean? That is, that like, is. Can you imagine finding a mermaid and your first thought is like, ah, maybe I'll put them in a martini, you know, make a couple, like an extra hundred rubles and then I'll fuck this thing. Rubles, whatever the fuck their currency is. Whatever. It's just, it's such a, a sad indictment that is so insanely relatable. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing truer than a guy who, than a man who sees a woman and decides, oh, this must be a way to make money, especially in that sense. Like, you're at a cabaret, and yeah, like the whole peep show thing is just so fucking disturbing. And then, yeah, he sees this magic, this woman, these women turn, like their legs turn into tails before him, and his only thing that he registers, oh, there's the vagina. All right, cool. We can do this. <laughs> Like, cool fishtails, uh, puss. You got puss? <laughs> let me let me see the puss. I need to I need to flip this thing around like a used car. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> you're totally right though. There's it's the it's absolutely this indictment of just the male chauvinist fantasy of like, oh yeah, mermaids. Do you think they fuck? Like that's it's not the fact. <laughs> it's not the fact that a person is like a person literally it stands there in defiance of like any sort of rational explanation we've learned from science or anything like that. It's, can I fuck it? Like that's yeah. the most, that's the, hey, mo can I throw it out on the floor of a, uh, you know, creeps R us here and see if I can get some, <laughs> right. And well, this, okay. Now this is a great. very strange scene, right? So Polish smash, smash mouth goes back out and performs, right? He's left alone in the room with these two girls for the breadth of maybe a song, a couple songs. Yeah. He runs out and he's like, come back. We go back in and these two girls are laying on that floor. Like, they have just been through hell. Yeah. And the answer is they throw them in a swimming pool. So they're kind of leading you to believe they just dried out or whatnot. Right. The weird thing is the rest of the movie, we never see any kind of, oh, there's a time limit. They need X amount of water. Right. What the fuck did that creep do to those things in that room? That's, what did he do? That's the real question. And I honestly. It, it never goes answered uh, there is a moment later where he has this ritual of when uh, the band's going out, he knees each of them in the ass, and he tries it to uh, one of the girls, Golden, the black-haired one, Yeah, and uh, she's like, don't touch me. But that could just be her salty nature, right? Yeah, she's a I want answers as to what he did to those two girls. Yeah, I. it's such a... I don't know. Like This is a thing, and I thought it was just one of those... Again, this is another female director doing the lure, which is really fascinating. And I just assumed it was one of those situations where it's a really common thing. Like a guy, like you go, you come back, you see a guy, a creepy old man, and then two women laying on the ground naked in front of them, like passed out. And they're like, what'd you do? Like he's like, kind of young, virginal. Yeah. yeah. And that that's the thing, right? This. This obsession with the lower half, right? The Right. You know, the, the forbidden fruit kind of concept. It's. It just it it puts you in this place of just I don't know you you feel creepy and disgusting right away. Oh yeah. But, um, and then we cut to and that what feeling never the goes away. By thing. the way, no, Ever. never in the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to the I love the mall song. I do right, too. and it has this lyric right: "The city will show us uh, what we lack." 
to me, again, this goes back to this concept of it's another one of those indictments on all of us. There's always this, there's something broken, missing. We'll fill it with these, you know, clothes or whatever. In right. their case, like, we have mermaids now. That's something we can monetize. That gives us some shine. Now we're we're something different. Yeah. But I don't know about you. I fucking love the songs in this movie. I do, too. They're very, they're a wide range of styles and this and that. Um, Again, the lyrics are kind of spot on at times. Yeah. But I, I love and this is the thing. This is the thing that normally would bother me in a movie. This cutaway to music videos feels almost like a cheat. Where it's like instead of keeping the tension and the narrative going, yeah. we cut away to these high style music videos. So it's like you're getting this extra pizzazz that's unearned. Yeah. But I fucking love the cutaways in this movie. Like yeah, the one that sticks out to me was the the drug den. Yeah. Right? Later in the movie when there there's like the heroin song. Yeah. Is the heroin I, dealer is like and all of them are just in the room. It's so fucking I don't know. The the music and the 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 songs and the accompanying images are very fucking powerful in this yeah, movie. It's very a siren specific. song in and of themselves. I really enjoy yeah, I agree. Like I mean a lot of the time, especially in musicals, when like look, I don't think it's any secret to some people who know us, like I'm a big musical theater nerd and I really like that stuff. But a lot of the times in, especially in movie musicals, it's very difficult to not stop the plot dead in its tracks while music is playing and people are singing and go, I bet this is completely unnecessary to the continuation of the story, but whatever, it's fine. This was right. like the first time I've watched something and visually it pushed the movie forward rather than like, yeah, you're right. Like the lyrics are a little on the nose, but again, I love that mall scene too. Like I think that mall song is really great and it also pushes the plot forward it's like okay these girls now have to assimilate and then you have a scene of them like in like black leather and they're singing and they're singing their other song but that heroin song reminded me a lot of like the fiona apple criminal music video yes that's what i thought too like dude. i was but like this, this oh, is cool because yeah so they have this weird thing they do too where we cut away from the actual band songs right like yeah polish smash mouth they do a a system of a mermaid jump join at one point <laughs> i mean like we get some really weird, like, musical stage performance, but then, yeah. so very near this is where we cut to uh, Golden just naked in the apartment. Yeah. We cut everything very cold and frozen. Everyone's frozen in the apartment as she walks through. We're all gloomy as hell, whatever the lyrics are, you know? Right, right. Like, we're gloomy as hell. And as she's leaving, Silver actually turns her head and is kind of aware, too. This is when she goes out on the hunt yeah. for the first time. And she goes, so, this is the first time we see any real horror elements in this movie. Yeah, so instead of just this kind of titillating, you know, oh, they're in a martini glass just as flight attendants, right? Just this, this fucking cheapening of the, the form. Right, yeah. This is when she goes out and she she gets this man to go with her, right? Another man confesses her love. She gets in the car and her fangs come out. These fucking gnarly, disgusting teeth. She mauls this guy, rips his throat out, yeah. eating him. We find out she rips the heart out and eats that too. And there's this beautiful, quiet moment of her trying to drag her ass down the beach yeah. to get in the water. And what I love about that moment is it takes them away from this this beautiful, graceful, um, alluring kind of creature that they're being sold at at the right. club. It just kind of shows him as this, this weird, monstrous form in a way, oh, and it, yeah. it's a really cool moment in the film. I mean, I think it, what's I like that part because it does sort of 
it like the movies sort of got this glossy paper over it for a lot of it with especially with a lot of the musical stuff and especially again i go back to the mall like that mall song is so disarming because you're like oh cool this will be kind of like a oh yeah it's fish out of water huh wink, wink. <laughs> you think it's going to be a little more mama mia at that right point. <laughs> you're like mama mia interesting this will be fascinating and then it gets to that and it like shocks you back to reality like it literally it you were like holy shit I was not expecting this to happen right now. Like, I was not expecting right. her weird teeth to come out, and I definitely was expecting her to rip some guy's throat out. And then, you're right, though. That thing of her, like, dragging her ass into the water, that is, like, the part of the movie you're like, okay, real things are actually happening in this movie. Like, it's, this is not... shockingly unsettling. Yeah, this movie is not, like, some fever dream. Real things are actually happening in the plot of this film. Right. And to me, that's the interesting part about that shot, too, is, is we see them demystified by kind of broken crushed people right the band the the bar owner this and that right this is the first time that by her own action she's demystified herself yeah so the whole movie's kind of a to me this this take on you know whether it's through song or sex or whatever these these kind of bigger ideals that we create yeah that are constantly just crushed by reality. Yeah, I mean that's the. Th- I mean you're right. That's what the movie really is. In essence, is like it's this indictment of the mermaid fantasy. Like almost immediately, the mermaid fantasy is go- goes away because you see, like you see this. You, you, like the mermaid fantasy goes away when their mermaid tales come out, and the first thing that guy looks for is a vagina. The mermaid fantasy goes away again <laughs> when she like seduces a guy and then fucking murders him. And so on and so forth, this movie just sort of plays with your expectations, but also constantly is just tearing away pieces of this modern mythology of how mermaids or the little mermaid or anything that you thought was kind of because this movie really is kind of this retelling of the little mermaid story, but like way more fucked up. But well, it's it's like what would really happen, right? Like very few of us, very few of us uh, ever get to come out and be what we truly are. Right. So we start to change to be what we think we're supposed to be, and we're still not accepted, right? Like right. That's kind of the right. Well, that's right? what ends but up. This, being there's the like case. a great small moment, right? Remember when um, uh, I think it's Golden, right? Is the ginger one? Yeah, she's walking through the bar. She sees oh, no, the, the lead singer Sil- lady. Silver's giving, the ginger one. Right. So the ginger one, right? Yeah. She's walking through, and the lady at the front desk pulls her over, and she's like, "Hey, come here, child. Have a smoke." So immediately, like, here, do this thing that makes you worse off. Right. Uh, right. And then she's immediately like, oh, you just want a pussy so bad, don't you? So, again, it's it's this lady who seemingly has it kind of hard, has a lower station in life. Right. You know, trying to get by confronting something that is magical and mystical and kind of pure. I mean, not necessarily. Now we know not so pure, right? They're carnivores right. or whatever. Right. But that could just be, I mean, that's that's like hating a dinosaur because it eats other dinosaurs. But yeah. uh, there's this moment of, let me bring you down to my level, right? Let me snare you and drag you down to me, right? Because right? I'll never be magical like you. Let me fucking bring you to me. Right. And that's all too relatable. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, it, the whole movie is, I mean, the movie is chock full of these relatable moments. And I think that's what's interesting about, like, to me, the musical aspect of it is, when these people break into song, they're doing it in these really disarming ways. And these, and especially other than like in mid performance, 
a lot of the times the musical aspects come out during very visceral moments in the story, like the heroine song. Right. Well, there, there's like the stage productions, and then there's the right. life shit, but the life songs. The life songs yeah. are always during very visceral, normal human mo- human emotion moments. Like, there's a lot of things that happen in there. Like, there's one at the end of the movie that I just like that I think is fucking brutal and it's brilliant in the movie. Like within the context of the film, it's fucking incredible. Um, there, but then there was a guy that we skipped over. My favorite character in the movie. Try ton, try ton, try ton, try ton. Okay. So that the gnarly, disgusting man, merman. Yeah. So the merman who like stayed on the, so the merman who stayed, uh, who stayed, uh, away from the water, he ripped his horns out. So he has like these gnarly <laughs> horn scars. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I love how he's introduced because probably like there's two shots in the movie that are just completely out of context. It's like a cutaway to him smoking in an alley and then it cuts right back inside to the club and you're like, what the fuck is that guy? Where the fuck did that come from? What's going on? And like, it's like very slowly introducing him. But as soon as he's introduced, you find out a, He's a fucking merman who doesn't want to be a mer. Who's like not a merman anymore. He knows all the rules too, which is like, yeah, he's our he's our rule guy. He's the rule right? guy about like what <laughs> like what you can and can't do when you're a mer person on on land. And then the other thing is he's in a fucking metal band, which is like the. I mean, if there's ever been a movie made tailor made for Josh Griffey, I'd say it's the movie that is a horror musical with a side character named Triton, who is the lead singer of a metal band. Like, I mean, it, it speaks so much to everything I am. <laughs> I, I love this movie. When they go System of a Mermaid, I always love those moments. Oh, yeah. It's the uh, best. It has everything I love. It's kind of like the Shape of Water was a little too churched up for my, my soul. <laughs> yeah. This, this is, brings it down to my level. <laughs> yeah. This is like the level. This is the level the Shape of Water is for most people. Like church, like Shape of yeah. Water is like, oh. I need a little more blood and guts and uh, yeah. metal. Shape of Water is real highfalutin <laughs> comparatively. Like there is. Yeah, I don't, I don't need the, the old, you know, golden era Hollywood dance numbers. You keep your cute stuff. You keep your cute you stuff. You give me Triton. 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 And then he even does the Ozzy Osbourne and bites the dove head off. Yeah, I, I was that. like, this guy kicks ass. I would definitely party with Triton. Right. I mean, he, but he also, he does provide some very good context. Like there are rules we don't know about, which one of which is if uh, like silver, basically silver is falling in love with the uh, bassist for the band. And you yes. find out that if she falls in love with him, like if she, is it, if she falls if, in love with him, she falls in love with him and he chooses to marry someone else. Right. She will become sea. She'll foam. turn into sea foam. And so that is like a huge rule because she is slowly falling in love with him and uh Golden's trying this to is, This is a him. huge uh push and pull throughout, right? Yeah. You can see cuz their plan was they were going to swim to America this and that. They're obviously very bonded. Right. Um but yeah, you can see her starting as she starts to fall more and more in love. Uh, the black-haired mer merman or mer lady, she begins to kind of devolve more to the animalistic. Right. She she becomes much more protective. Oh my god! There's this scene when she goes in the bathtub and is just like, "Put it in." Oh. Like she wants to fuck the bass player, right? And he yeah. kind of just looks at her and he's like, "To me, you'll always just be a fish animal." Yeah. And you're just like, on one hand, you're like, "Good for you for not fucking this fish lady." Right. But on but the then other also, hand, there's the 
yeah, there's like a it's just kind of sadness to it. It's right? the genius just, you know, of the movie. Ah, you're like, less than. It's a visceral rejection. Like it's one of those things where you, everyone has been through that. Not everyone's been a mer lady while dealing with that, but at the same time, like everyone's been through that situation where you feel rejected for something you can't help. Like there's a thing as her true form too. Yeah. Like you've exposed yourself bare to someone and they didn't take you at face value. Like that to me is, I mean, that's poetry in and of itself. That's that's brilliant. It's paired with this beautiful scene, right? So Mm -hmm. there's the, her beach. And I think it's important that she's rejected in her true form. Yes. Right. And then it's might still end in a blowjob. They kind of hint that it ends in a blowjob. It's very dreamlike, but then they come out both wet. Right. True. So it probably ends in a blowjob. With those teeth, yikes. Which a bit undercuts the the impact of the scene. Yeah. <laughs> but then we cut, you pair this moment with uh, the female detective who's on to the black-haired mermaid. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I know you ate a tourist. And then kind of a weird cat and mouse song number. They go back to her apartment and the cop goes full dominatrix, right? Rips off yeah. her clothes, has this fishnet. And... Uh, the black-haired mermaid's kind of on the bed like, all right, let's do this. And she's like, not yet. Pours water on her. She wants the full fish. But it's portrayed in this this very kind of sexually deviant way, right? Yeah. Like she even puts a gun to her head. Uh, so it's this weird, even when you're trying to present the sexual form you think they want, they want your true self so they can debase you more. Yeah. There's this power dynamic too of I, I will arrest you if you don't. Right. It's it's such a weird when you look at those two scenes simultaneously, this again goes back to the this movie is taking the concept of of myth making and showing how we crush it from all angles. Yeah. <laughs> like can something pure and magical and good even exist in our world? Yeah, like that's exactly <laughs> Or do we see that and we're repulsed because we realize we don't have magic ourselves? That's exactly what and it we is. Attack. Like that's that's through and through what the story is about. It's this amazing magical thing has occurred. Fuck it, it's not mine. I don't want it anymore. Never mind. Get it out of here. Like that's that's what the movie really is to me. Trying to tell us the whole time is like, magic is amazing. Humans don't deserve it. That's why we don't have any. Like, there's so much of this going on throughout the movie. Because at every opportunity where great magical things happen, fucking people ruin it every single time. Like, it's almost like there's always a character just waiting to, like, take a drag on the cigarette and be like, can I fuck it yet? Yeah. (laughs) God damn it, people. Like, for fuck's sakes, people. Yeah, like there's the, that's the other problem too is there's no one in the movie literally going, "Are you serious? Are you serious? This well, is amazing." This is the thing, right? So we're confronted with so now the news is out that uh, a tourist was eaten. They know it's mermaids. Right. We get a very unusual mer cat fight. Yeah. Because as we've heard them speaking to each other through you know almost whale tones, yeah, right? Yeah. They have this psychic bond. But then when they fight, they make like cat sounds. They're throwing each other about, and then. I guess they settle their fight in a very unusual nursery rhyme about jellyfishes. Yeah, that was weird. And then uh, the guy with the Padawan braid <laughs> walks in and does an almost Michael Keaton like double punch knockout. And then this is okay. So this is the people that brought them in are exploiting them, are benefiting from that. He punches them. What is the next thing they do? They wrap them up in rugs and throw them in the icy river. Yeah. These people have now taken a new step to show us how low and broken they are as people. Right. Uh, not only just the physical violence of punching these two creatures, 
But then, ah, fuck them. Just put them in the rug and throw them out like they're worse than trash. Yeah. Like, they are just trash. Like, so they do that. Then they come back to the club. The, like, they think, oh the, they think the mermaids are dead. The mermaids, obviously, are not dead. You throw them in water, they don't die. Idiots. Now, this, this is an interesting moment. What do you make? I think it's so fucking crazy that they come back. I mean, Obviously, the ginger's in love, right? Sure. She but she comes motivation. back and doesn't even bring it up? Well, none of them bring it up. Literally, the woman gets up and she goes, I apologize. And that's it. Like that's <laughs> They it. also have the most casual eating of a finger ever. Yeah. The guy's just like, oh, I, I kind of messed up. I want to apologize for knocking you guys out and throwing you into the river in a rug. Um, are we cool? And she just goes, yeah. <laughs> Bites the tip of his thumb off and he just goes, Ugh! almost like a, uh, what's Polish for? I had that one coming. I had that one coming. It's the most casual eating of a finger. <laughs> All of it is so casual because, I mean, especially for like a horror movie, because like we just got out of the revenge phase. We just got out of a revenge curation. And I, I thought I was like, well, there's no way these people don't come back and just totally ruin these people during a performance. And instead, it's just this really quiet, like, I'm sorry. I eat your thumb. That's it. Like, we're good. We're all squared. Like, right. I don't know what to make of it. I feel like the metaphor, I feel like it has to be shrouded in some kind of strange metaphor about accepting your maybe accepting family for who they are or maybe maybe it's, I, I actually, maybe it's more about theory. maybe it's more about naivete see i okay now that's that's kind of it right but now this cuts to the end right so what we learn is that eventually he does choose another woman this this all ends in tragedy oh yeah but what what i think this movie is what i i, I think and this is the funny thing right we talk about how this is all about destruction of myth and magic and purity right the only thing that remains true in the film is her love for that bass player, right. despite what he does and becomes to her. Right. And like, in a way, she's the only character that that ends with any kind of happiness. Yeah. She So this is the thing. What what is the only truly magical and mysterious thing in the movie is her capacity for love. Yes. I think that's probably the most mythical thing of the whole movie. I mean, through everything yeah. too. And immediately, like kind of not immediately after, but basically it careens into this scene where uh, like the scene I was talking about earlier is uh, silvers on like an operating table with ice Holy all around. Shit. They and, go to a shady doctor that they pay in booze and like envelopes of cocaine. It looks like. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> and she basically, she has her fins surgically removed and replaced with real human legs, but the whole lower scene, half from another girl who's on a table next to her. Yes. But the whole Ugh. scene is her like singing about it too, which is fucking brilliant. Like it's so cool. And so As brutal. the doctor takes the bone saw to her lower half. Oh yeah. And it's such a, like, you, I mean the whole, and then, so the scene happens. She goes to the bassist and I like she's in a wheelchair and she oh is so God. ecstatic. She lifts her shirt up and you can see where they like sliced her in half and there's the legs. And the so she's now changed herself for this guy. Like she was willing to change the yeah. person she was. Not only that, like she finds out though, that because she has given up her fins, like, uh, when you cut your fins off, you you lose your voice. If right. you've seen the Her little beautiful mermaid's voice, if you've seen the little yeah. mermaid, you understand how this works. If you become human, you lose <laughs> your voice. So she is ecstatic. She she's so happy that now she's Do like. You think Eric in the Little Mermaid was mad when he found out Ariel could talk the second time? <laughs> he's like, "This isn't what I signed up for." <laughs> 
The first time Ariel's like, Eric, you stop doing crunches. He's just like, God damn it. <laughs> a little levity as we destroy magic. <laughs> yeah. Like, so he, like, she's, she's so happy. She's ecstatic. She lifts up her shirt and now she can be gnarly fucking scar. Yeah. And now she can be the woman that he wanted, like that he always wants. Like he loves her, but he only can love the part of her that he understands. So she's changed oh, herself. Yeah. She's changed herself for him. And he still rejects her because he's just too grossed out. Well, not only this. Yeah, she start, they start to try to fuck. He becomes covered in blood. Yeah. He stands up, and this is one of the most stone-cold moments in the movie, right? Oh, he looks down at the blood and then looks at her with these fucking dead eyes. You can tell now there is officially no more magic to her. Yeah. The fish is gone. The voice is gone. Uh, just the reality of her is there in front of him. And it's no longer fantastical enough. Yeah. And this is the fucked up thing. Like, I love your beat about what he can understand, right? So after they come back, there's a scene when she just goes out to the bar, starts pounding a shot, has a cigarette. You know what I mean? She goes out. Uh, what, what did I write? But that's what I mean, right? So it's like this this drinking, this smoking. When she goes to the doctor, obviously that's like a very front thing, but... That the drinking and smoking to me was just this symbol of when she came back, she's not Mur anymore, right? She's not right. a Mur person anymore. She's one of us. She's been brought down and degraded and made less than. So right. before she even has the surgery, because after she does the drinking and smoking, they're doing like a, a sexy mermaid pinup yeah. where they have to, they have like this really exaggerated face makeup and cat ears for no reason. <laughs> no, and again, no, it's, it's this, bunny ears. this cheapening and titillating additions to something that should already be right. beautiful and you know magical enough. Yeah. And she's just like don't you fucking try to stop me. Like she's already gone at that point. Yeah. And it's it's hard to watch, man. It's brutal. It, like the, obviously the surgery scene and the sex scene are like right in your face, but those little moments, that little acknowledgement of her inner death yeah. are so fucking sad. Oh yeah, like she totally degrades herself for this guy and he doesn't understand and can't accept it. So he moves on, marries this other woman, which as we all know, that means that this is a ticking clock. Like now like, Is there a bigger dick move in any movie? No. Then this guy this guy has like the worst 10 minutes of a movie, I think, of all time. Yeah. I think he's actually the biggest piece of shit in cinema history. Like, this is a mermaid woman who falls in love with a man, and she changes himself for him, and he goes, meh, am I right? Like, yeah, the first time they try, she gives up everything. Yeah. First time they try to fuck, he just goes, meh, meh. Gets another girl, decides to marry her, invites the mer person and to the fucking wedding. Her. That's fucked up. <laughs> he is the biggest villain in cinema history, man. That is fucked. So insanity, this section of the film. And this is where we learn Triton is there as like uh, he's doing the kebabs, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Triton kebabs. Triton Triton kebabs. Yeah. He uh, but he lets her know, right? She's still not a human, even though she looks like us. Right. So the only way to save herself is she has to eat the lover who scorned her before sunrise or else she is fated to become seafoam. Right. So there's this kind of moment of her by the pond and the black haired mer lady is you know just eat him yeah you know and she just kind of kisses her friend and then she finds him the wedding festivities are winding down 
she finds him on the boat alone. And they share this embrace in a small dance, right? Yeah. This guy's so fucked up, he doesn't fully understand what he's done, seemingly. And there's a moment where the fangs come out, right? Like the sissy SpaceX-looking one. The, yeah. the fangs come out. And she looks at her friend, the black-haired mermaid, who's like, do it, do it. She kind of closes her eyes, buries a little more into his shoulder, stops, and a smile fucking cover comes across her face as the sunlight hits. It's it's a beautiful it's fucking so sequence. Great. So moving. A smile hits her face. She is resigned to her fate. She loves this man too much. It's not worth it. Uh, she won't be able to live with herself if she does that anyway. So what's the point? And as they dance, he turns covered in actual sea foam. Yeah. And she's gone. And she gave it all up. She like, she didn't up. just give it up before. Now she has given him everything. She's just resigned. Like, it's one of those... It's it's weird because you want her to not accept this fate. Like, you want her to get revenge because she, the guy totally deserves to get... Uh, yes, because he's a he's a huge piece, piece of shit. Of shit. <laughs> like, you want him to get crushed. And she just accepts the fact that she tried... Like, I think what I was trying to kind of like figure out what it was. Like, why is this so emotional? I think it's because she tried to be she she tried. She wanted to be more than she already was, so to speak. So she tries to do this and it doesn't work. And she's almost she's accepted her fate as someone who's done something that previously everyone thought was impossible maybe i don't know it's hard to explain i was trying to but put this it is together. what i mean it, the whole film no one has been more degraded and put upon than this mermaid yeah often by her own decision she's chasing something mystical herself right i think the fact that after all of the degradation and all the pain for her to somewhat find happiness and dignity it returns her to her mystic form. Right. Oh, yeah. And then the next thing we see is the magical transformation into bubbles, right? right. She she goes out again uh, bathed in sun and pure. Right. So this is what I mean. As, as we constantly are crushing and destroying. And then the black-haired mermaid attacks him and rips his throat out and again becomes this monstrosity version of the mermaid. Right. She, she is spared that image. She she has the only moment of pure happiness, it seems, from anyone at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Maybe the groom himself, because he's so fucking naive and, you know, just slinging dick and being a piece of shit. He's not self-aware <laughs> enough. But to me, that is to end on a whole film that is all about demystification, to end on something so beautifully optimistic, if not naive, which you said earlier, if not naive. Um, it is magical that despite all of these fucking horrible traits of humans and our culture and the way we do things, that something like love can conquer in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's a strange movie that is completely unexpected and but ends on a really it ends on this a kind of somber but also this really kind of beautiful notion like it's really fascinating i think the movie just it's it's a fleeting moment of beauty too yeah. which is so fucked up but i think that's kind of the throat rip <laughs> but it's almost in the spirit of mermaids themselves like the idea of a mermaid is this like fleeting moment of like hap like the way people used to think of mermaids is like uh Men at sea would often describe mermaids as like they think they'd see mermaids. 
Like it's this fleeting moment of happiness. Like, oh my God, I'm saved. Like that kind of thing. So in a way, the end of the lure almost kind of like you, I think you put it best. It re-mystifies the mermaid. Yes. You know what? It actually ends though in a really beautiful way. I love the underwater shot at the end. Yeah. It's a POV of the mermaid swimming away. And so as we see the ginger mermaid die and become bubbles, right? With a smile on her face. Right. There is this cold and lonely and empty underwater shot of swimming. Um, This is the world she came from. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we often think of the ocean as beautiful and warm and beach as vacation. This was the reality to them in a way. And this is the new reality for the mermaid solo. Yeah. But probably not much better. So... It's a movie where the creature, the mystical creature, is almost chasing its own myth. You know, because that's what you said. Mermaids were like this, oh, there's a thing of beauty amongst this big, scary, chaotic ocean. Right. That's what that bass player was for her. Yeah, absolutely. And even though he's a piece of shit, right? He lured her to doom, which is another thing. People thought mermaids were also a sign of doom, right? The siren song leading men astray. Yeah. That's what he did to her. So they, they essentially made him the mermaid. At the end of the movie. They did. Yeah, you're right. Holy shit. Yeah, man. That's, wow. That's kind of, it's like the reverse mermaid story. Wow. Yeah, to me, what this movie, and again, I said it earlier, this movie just has so much life and vibrance and power. Um, There is something about movies that is unquantifiable in that way. Some movies, Again, this narratively derails at times. Like, to me, it has a beautiful story by the end. The songs don't derail because I like the songs. The style is good. Um, but there, there's just this fucking life force. This movie has a siren call of its own that that is unquantifiable. It's just, it's one of those where I was like, this is a magical type of movie. Like, I don't know how some movies fit so much energy and life into the screen. Yeah. I agree. I, mean, I, I don't understand. It's to me, it's it's a beautiful fucking film. It is. There's like it's like a genre mashup of like four different genres. But I mean, again, I said it on the I said it on the last one. I'll say it on this one. Like the alchemy of it all is that the movie is so well put together and so new. Like it's odd. The things that are nuanced are the things that are nuanced in it. The movie is so well put together that that's why it works. It makes you. It makes guys like us who were watching this movie like really consider what's actually happening. Like it's not just this mystical, weird little musical horror film. It's really about the demystification of all of our dreams and all of our all of our dreams and all the things that are that make the world seem magical. It's about kind of stripping those away, but then at the end, them becoming them becoming real those them becoming real magic again. Right. Well, it's the city will show us what we lack. By the end, the lure shows us what we lack. In a way, you are completely right? correct. Um, it's yeah. To me, again, and this is one of those movies to accomplish so much and be so poignant at times from such an absurd, absurd extreme of cinema. Right. Right. To be the kind of movie that you just don't see very often. To be so brazenly different and out on a limb and just be like, "This is it, man. This is the fucking flick. Take it as it is." <laughs> yeah. It's I I love filmmakers um, and artists that have that kind of passion. I agree that they're not just trying to make what they think we want or we've seen a bunch of times. Like, no, you're going to want this weird fucking mermaid musical. You're going to want that shit in your life and you're going to be 
fucking thankful you saw it. I never see a movie like this and feel like I've wasted my time. No, I've de- I've watched those movies where I feel like I've wasted my time, especially movies like this. And this is absolutely head and shoulders above a lot, almost all of them. Right. It's slightly more artistic than Humanoids from the Deep. Slightly. Uh, both very strong subtext indictments on uh, the human condition and and toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah, lots of toxic uh, toxic masculinity. Oh yeah. So that's it, guys. That's the double feature. I hope you loved uh, Love and Bubbles. Love and I bubbles. hope you liked my double feature selection. <laughs> As payback for uh, humanoids, I'll let you do the next double feature. Great, thank you. <laughs> But the lure made it all worth it, right? No, the lure lure more than made up for what we had to do, or the ordeal of humanoids from the deep. The, oh, I basked in humanoids from the deep. I, I was just a, a fish in uh, water. <laughs> the, the lure was fantastic, though. I, I would I hope everyone goes out and watches this movie. Like if you listen if you listen to this show and then watch it, that's fine too. But please, like watch these movies before you listen to our show. This is the other thing, guys. If you share this movie with a friend, you'll be giving them something they'll never forget. It's People true. love finding this kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, guys, that's it. Uh, please keep sharing. Please keep subscribing. If you've made it this far, please take a moment when you finish the show. Uh, leave us a quick review, however you find us, whatever apps you find us on, directories. Uh, a review helps us get to more eyeballs and ears. That's what we're trying to do. We appreciate the help you've already done um, through social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, we always ask for your help, and you never fail to deliver. We appreciate it. Thank you. That's it. I don't know. Yeah. The whole the whole double feature has been demystified and crushed. Well, now we'll have to find something else. I'll think on my double feature. I'm sure. Uh, you know. I'm sure my Olsen twin double feature will probably be just as brutal. So you know. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's going to be like a true musical, maybe some uh, Shakespearean stuff. We'll see. I have an idea of where you're going to go. We'll find You have we'll an idea. I don't have an idea, but I'm glad you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. Uh, as predicted or as foretold, I guess. The next month's theme, the pod gets caged. We're doing all Nick Cage movies. Send us your suggestions on Nick Cage movies that we did not add to our list. Uh, which is briefly Wild at Heart, Raising Arizona, Leaving Las Vegas, Con Air. That leaves you a ton of great Nicolas Cage to suggest for us for the bonus uh, show. Hit us up, guys. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening.